How you doing, folks? Welcome to another edition of the Dad Bod Bible, Real Men Talk, where I get to speak to guys that I find interesting and have a feeling that they've got something interesting to listen to. So today I've got BJ Rule. Now, BJ I met about 10 or 11 years ago when I'd done my first kettlebell course. So this guy is the reason why I sort of took the kettlebell journey further. So BJ, how are you doing, mate? Haven't seen you in a long, long time. Yeah, no, it's been a while. Um, thank you that you uh, think that I might be interesting to talk to as well. So but thank, thanks for that. Um, yeah, doing well, man, in the middle of kind of, you know, another lockdown in London. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's almost coming up to a year of, of, of being in and out of lockdown. But, you know, uh, surviving, um, things things could be... I guess better, but things could be a hell of a lot worse too. So you know, it's it's it is what it is, and um, yeah, it's been good good time hanging out with the family. So yeah, it's it's. it's there's pluses and pluses. Interesting, interesting in time. It's an interesting time. Absolutely, there's big 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 positives. So yeah, um, yes, that's about what I'm doing at the right at the moment. Looking forward to next Monday because that's March the eighth, and that's when um, in London, that's when the kids go back to school. So that's that's um. <laughs> hey, that's, Freedom. As, as nice as it's been, um, it's time for my six-year-old to go back to school. I think for their for their sanity as well. Like they need kids, they need kids to play with as well. So much, so so important, and that and that's probably why. Like it's you know, we hang out, and yeah, he's he's just getting bored, you know. Um, you know, so he's bouncing off the walls, and we're in yeah, two bedroom apartment in in London, and it's it's just you know, it's just tough. At least at least kind of springs kind of hit the last two weeks. You know, it had been quite cold, whereas the last two weeks have warmed up a little bit, and it's um, you know, out, outside time. So you know that, that that that's awesome. We're getting outside anyway, but it's yeah, it's tough when it's yes, cold nice and dark, and yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, March the eighth, mate. March the eighth. <laughs> Tell me, BJ, listen. I met you what 10, 11 years ago at EKI. What what happened to EKI? Is it gone? Is it done? Is it dusted? What's the story? But I haven't seen it in years. Oh, EKI, so Extreme Kettlebell Instructor Course. Yeah, so there was, you know, we, we had the kettlebell course. It was Optimal Life Fitness was the was the company, and yeah, that that, that pretty much that pretty much ran its course. Um, for no pun intended, because it was it was CPD courses, but it it, it it's <laughs> yeah, it ran its course. We at the time I first wrote the EKI. Probably 2005, maybe 2006, I think. Um, it was the first kettlebell CPD course uh, that, that was kind of reps approved for CPD point, uh, points or uh, to, to um, for, yeah, continue professional development points. Um, yeah, mate, so that must have been 2006. We, we kind of rolled that out. We, we set up an education company. Um, kettlebell courses were the first ended up being like an Olympic weightlifting course a weightlifting course and a, and a boxing course and then there were other courses off the back of that um, I probably moved away left the business it was probably 2011 or 2012 we had, we had a facility in kind of um, South London and where we ran the courses out of but we then ended up having an involvement with an equipment company and they wanted me to write other courses for um, their products, effectively, which, which which is fine. So course education, but I thought I'd given everything that I that I had was already in these those particular courses, and, and it would have just been, you know, making stuff yeah. up, kind of you know, 
to, to you know sell some courses to sell I more. Think that's more a problem with the industry, though, isn't that? Do you not think like they're just making up courses just to have a course, and there's no real value in the course at all. That's why when I, when I started with use, like use were the ones that I went to, and and be honest, I have to say, like I still rate that course. Like in all my kettlebell experience now in the last 11, 12 years, like I still think that was a really good course. The the education and the level of education there was brilliant. Like I've done me or I done the uh, strength matters, I've done strong first, yeah. and I've I've, tra- I've competed in GS, but the, the 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 coaching you gave me in EKA was just as good as the um, RKC or strong first. I, that's wicked and 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 nice of you to say because at the time two thousand five two thousand six. Um, I'd, I'd come to come to London, and you know, I, I went and did other courses. At, at the time, you didn't have the information; wasn't as readily available, you know. So you, you'd, um, I had to, I flew to, you know, you read little bits on. Uh, you'd order books. You'd have to order books, and they they take you know weeks or months to turn up, and that was the norm. Um, you'd jump on on the internet. Things would take ages to you know dial up. Things would take ages to, to to load up. So you didn't get any videos or anything like that, and. I ended up getting access to a heap of kettlebells um, just because I, I had a little bit of interest, read about old-time strongmen, et cetera, using, using kind of you know, Sig Klein, et cetera, you know, using these kind of balls with handles on them type of thing. And, um, <clears throat> and then I found out about the RKC. And at the time, that was the, the, before it was um, – it's now it's effectively Pavel moved to Strong First or whatever happened or whatever yeah. it was, you know, Dragon Door. And, um, I went and did a course. It was a three-day course in Minneapolis. And um and it was wicked because a lot of people you know as a how old was I then I was almost almost thirty I, I guess two thousand five twenty nine, um and you know been a already been a trainer for for kind of ten years working in the industry um and it was wicked because I went on this course and you had all these people you had Pavel um then there were people like Steve Maxwell Steve Cotter uh, Mike Marler Jeff Martona look. Brett Jones was another one. They were all the, the leads or the instructors or the coaches, or whatever they called themselves on, on that course. So they were all, you know, teaching different bits. And, and what I found was wicked because a lot of the course, you know, it was very, very practical. So you're doing stuff, smashing your hands and just kind of, you know, swing, 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 snatches, whatever, you know, bear crawls. What, yeah. And a lot of that was to me at the time was fair, fairly new. So it was kind of, wow, this is cool. Yeah. But, but, but more importantly than that, what was wicked was, um, seeing these professional strength coaches who were, you know, probably all of them would have been, you know, in well into their career. So, were, you know, five to, you know, if I was like 29, 30, whatever I was, they were five to 10 years older than me. Um, so that they'd been there, they'd had, they'd had, they'd had gyms, they'd had um, whatever, you know, worked with teams, worked. So it was really cool seeing these kind of professionals, industry professionals work and how they presented themselves. And I, I learned a lot from it. There were, there were guys who I saw and I was like, he, he looks like a bit of a dick. Um, that I, I'd hate to be seen like that. Or he looks wicked. I like how he's presenting himself. I like how he carries himself. I like how – whatever, right? So you kind of – you take in the good and bad. And that was awesome. And then then I was like, wow, these kettlebells are cool. I'd also bought a heap of them. I was running these outdoor sessions and I was kind of just doing squats and deadlifts with them and presses and stuff. So kind of not really using them for the kind of dynamic – Types of movements, um, yeah, a couple of swings, but um, and then messing about trying some snatches and stuff, um, and you know, and 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 I was running, yeah, I was running outdoor outdoor boot camps with with the with the with the bells that I had, and then I thought that that's why I went and did the RKC to learn more about it. Then I came back and I thought that that was an amazing experience, that you know, the whole the whole thing. But 
a lot was left. And it's probably changed because that was now 16 years ago. That was the yeah, end of 2005. But a lot was left out as to how and why the bells were working, like what was good about them. Why were you getting this both both the strength benefit from them being a resistant exercise? So, you, you know, mechanically having that adaptation through, you know, musculoskeletal system because you're applying that 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 load but then why why also was there the this kind of other benefit of this, this aerobic conditioning was it just that you're going for a longer period of time or whatever it was so i started trying to explore and find out um why they were useful and i dug it dug little bits and pieces up and there wasn't much there but a lot of it came back to kind of because you know the gs type of thing because you're able to go for 10 minutes obviously um but but similar to almost how could i compare it Similar to rowing, if you're on a Concept 2 rower, like the output's very, very similar. And the reason why the output's very similar is because on a row, you've got your, your stroke and then you recover. Your stroke, yeah. then you recover. So you can have this output where you're kind of keeping a certain amount of effort, but you're recovering every stroke as well. So same with same with the bells. You know you, you know about it. Um, you, you're recovering in certain positions in the sports side of it. So th then you get this awesome kind of um, cardiovascular benefit as well. So it was somewhere in the middle. It's not just weight training. It's not just it's not just cardiovascular training. It was the first thing that kind of that, that I saw that was kind of, you know, combining both of them. I thought that's really cool. So I started trying to put, trying to find some science and then trying to equate some science to what was happening. And that, that's what the course was. So that's that's effectively the course was the, a lot of the kettlebell exercises that were out there. And I was like, okay, well, here's the why. This is, this is why it works. And that was at the time, you know, maybe I was trying to um, – I think it's done very well to be honest with you. It's like uh it was I think it was Tommy. Um and the I done the EKI two, I done the level two as well with his. Yeah. And I think Tommy introduced me to GS on that day. And I had never heard of GS before. And then he told me numbers that some guy he had went over to train with was doing with a snatch. And it, it, it I near collapsed. I can remember just thinking, how is that even humanly possible? Dude, it was probably Valerie Fedorenko because Valerie Fedorenko exactly. was, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you. I was talking to David Kuhn yesterday the other day and we couldn't remember his name. That's it, Fedorenko. Yeah, he he um he was also, funnily enough, he was also on that thing at, at Minneapolis. So at the time it was kind of like the who's who of kind of strength, um, mobility kind of, you know, conditioning kind of training in the state. So he he was on that course. He did a demonstration at the end. Tommy and myself went out to Greece a couple of times. Um, that Tommy was telling me about that. That's, that's the story he was telling me. Yeah, and did did some um, Giravoy sport, kettlebell sport training camps, you know, like a week-long week, week -long camps. Or was it a week? I can't remember. Five days, four days, whatever it was. I went, went out in 2007 and went out again in 2010, and that, that was a whole eye-opener because, you know, this old kind of Greek dude, Pendele Philokides, he's like an arm wrestler. He was a, he was a wrestler. He was a um, kettlebell sport athlete and an Olympic weightlifting you know, they were meant to be, oh, look, I'm going to get someone, if, if, you know, it depends on who listens to this, but they might uh, correct me on this, but they're called the old strength strength sports or something in, in kind of former Soviet Union kind of, yeah, you know, okay. um, whatever. Anyway, he was, he was like a master of sport, and I don't know, in three out of four of them, maybe even in four out of four of them. So the arm wrestling, you know, grappling, some, some form of grappling, weightlifting as in, that the, the, they do it snatch clean and jerk that they do at the olympics and also kettlebell sports and he had like you know in this big old warehouse effectively um you know had you know kids you know up, up to adults training in all those different things that was what, what an experience that was wicked 
But that, that was effectively what the EKI became. The EKI, EKI sorry, what, where the EKI, EKI came from was trying to put some theory behind um, that, that first kind of introduction that I had with kettlebells, trying to explain why, that, why they were so beneficial, why, why people were able to get all these fitness benefits. Because effectively the course that, I, that I'd been on, um, rightly or wrongly, because it was fine, but they, it was all, a lot of the questions were passed off as like, you know, why does that work? And it'd be like, Russian magic, you know, get, get, get your vodka and pickle juice and yeah. that's all you need. And, and that was fine, but I was like, oh, like I wanted to know more. So I was like, how and why that working? So that was – and effectively that's what the course became, you know, and, and, and um, it was almost my, my – um, I don't know. It was, it was everything that I had knowledge-wise and everything, you know, because I'd, I'd done – I had my – yeah, well, yeah, I'd, I'd done the um, – the uh, what was it called? The NSC NSCA. I had their CSCS. I had an exercise science degree at uni, so I was trying to put all these bits and trying to work out how how that worked. You know, I'd, and um, and that's what I came up with, mate. And it was my baby. I, I love that thing. Um, you know, and it, and it was great. I didn't think you got the balance perfect. I'll I'll jam yeah, there. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your arse here. I'm actually being serious. <laughs> I remember. Right. There's a couple of things that I still do today that, that uh, I learned at that course. There's that, like some of the mobility drills. I remember. Especially the hip one. There was one you do the, the hip, the, the um, the movement through moving the hips through passively, moving through its full range of movement. Yep. I'd never seen this before, and the difference that I felt in my own hips, which are screwed, yeah. and it's something I still use in my clients today. And it's yeah, dude, like that, that's the thing. I threw everything in there. Some of the stuff was yes, from manual therapy workshops and courses I'd been on. From you know, I, I did like a whole whole bunch of massage therapy when I was when I was at uni, which is now twenty three years ago. I did some some massage therapy on the side. Trying to you know learn how to become a massage therapist. Um, never end up doing my hours and getting qualified in it. But a lot of those those kind of manual um, drills were from that. There were a lot of it was from. Oh, actually, I'm remembering now. A lot of a lot of the kind of um, had had a few assessments in there. A lot of that stuff. Yeah, was from, I did a few assessments, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing there. It's dude, funny that actually came back to my head the other week. I was assessing. You, I'm just remembering this stuff now. <laughs> I was assessing someone uh, via the Skype or via Zoom, and I was able to see his no shoulder dropping. And I can actually remember the guy who I was partnered up with could clearly see I was screwed up with MMA and all that. I was like everywhere, like Cosimoto. Yeah. And then I do him, and I was like realizing that that would think that was an aha moment for me. I was like, I literally have no fucking clue what I'm doing. I am. I have got a lot of learning to do. And it was that course that opened my eyes up to exactly what I needed. To do and how okay, I need. Cool. To oh, mate, that, that, that's wicked. I'm just remembering a lot of that stuff was was grabbed from um, oh um, Paul Check. You know, he he had he I had two little, he had two little modules at the time, which I think he now it's on now part of his whole kind of you know he calls it a degree or whatever whatever he calls yeah. it. But but he had two things that were called um scientific core and scientific back, and and I think they are now part of his level one. But they were amazing, man, because. You know, I, I, as I said, I did an exercise science degree at uni and you kind of, you know, you learn anatomy, you learn different things very, very, you know, as per science, it was effectively like a physiology degree. But but, but then how to use that practically, it was terrible. Um, and then I then I did his stuff and then it was all this kind of functional anatomy, like looking at, looking at the body, but looking at someone in clothes, standing there and how that, what that meant. And then, and the two things kind of connected and that, that was wicked and, um, so a lot of that, a lot of the assessment stuff came from like I just, I just, I was pulling stuff. Anything I'd done, I was like, okay, cool. How can we throw an assessment in here? Okay, we'll use that, 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 you know, lumbar pelvic rhythm or you know whatever. You know, it was, it was all in there, and it was, um, yeah, man. I need to, I need to, I need to contact um, Tommy. And and I've got, oh, sorry, buddy. 
I'm disappointed to hear it's not going anywhere because it's, it, I think um, the, the current state of the fitness industry, there's just too many cowboys in it. And I think, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's now as a way to make money for people. It's no longer, yes. well, don't get me wrong. There are definitely some schools or, or some businesses out there that are focused on proper education. But I'm, from what I've seen in the, the, the quality of personal trainers these days, I, I'm actually for registering PTs now. You know, I think they need to be registered. They need to be qualified yeah. and actually have a, like some sort of a governing body because it's just getting ridiculous. But I think you're, I think you've you had something. It's a shame to see you're not doing it anymore. Yeah, well, look, it just, it just kind of, you know, Tommy moved back up north. He ended up um, working with with Escape Fitness. That, that that was the equipment company, and and he was moving on. They, they were based in Peterborough. You know, I had I had my own um, PT studio at the time um, with my wife. So, you know, it just kind of it became too hard to to to, yeah. to do both. Um, it's interesting because at the moment I'm actually I'm actually writing a, a kettlebell course again. I I, I, I I was asked to do it. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, and um, I'm, fi- I'm finding it tough because it's it's not for me. It's for another. It's a, for a different governing body. So, like as I said, that that course years ago, I was throwing everything in there, and this this is for um, uh, yeah, I, I won't I won't say until it's out. But um, but effectively, um, they they already run a lot of education courses in in, in strength training. They they've asked me to do that part of it. But because it's courses, I'm like, I keep going back to them and saying, you know. What more? Do you, what do you need? Do you need this? Do you need that? Because you know the other thing was it was quite personal. Like it was, yeah, you know, almost like your thesis or something. I put, I put a lot of work into that. Ah, um, uh, cool. No, no, no. It was, um, mate. It, it was fun too. Like we had, I don't know how many people would have gone through that course. I like got we we had weekends in in London where we'd have 40, 40 people. You know, at, at those courses, like every every kind of we do, we doing those every other weekend. Plus, we travelled it. You know, um, so it was, um. Yeah, dude, it was all a bit of a, it was all a bit of a blur because it was just happening and, and happening, you know. But then we, we we were kind of pretty young. We didn't really know how to manage it that well because you know, even even in terms of a business, you know, it, it did all right. But we, we ended up we ended up employing a lot of people because we couldn't we couldn't keep you know. As I said, I had a PT studio. Tommy was running his own PT, and that you know that's like you're all over the place with that yeah. trying to manage that. So we had people doing the, doing the admin for us, and and then that you know. All the money kind of went went to them and went to different places, and it kind of just, you know. <laughs> it was it was a. I think everyone wants their first business and fucks it up because it's more passion than actual business. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Well, it could have, but the thing was, it it did all right. Like in terms of um, turnover, it was. And as a business model, the original business model had no, had no cost. We used to go to wherever we'd travel it and say, you know, we, we'd run a course in people's facilities, and um, and then we had, you know, there were different types of arrangements with um, oh, with virgins and david lloyds and, and and whatever else different kind of big chains where we were doing kind of modified versions in those clubs as well you've got me reminiscing mate like that's there was, there was, <laughs> good. Yeah, look it was brilliant there's there a lot of good stuff i met, met a lot of good people man it was it was great because part of the time you just you know we were traveling everywhere and doing it and and it was and it was good fun you know so um, i remember the bulgarian bags could use as well about like it's like i remember i, I still have still got my 22 kilo and my 17 kilo <laughs> bulgarian bag with her and I tried to do the the spin test. Fuck, I failed, man. <laughs> what, what was that? Was that, was that like 10 times? 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, times in three minutes. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, yeah. though. So how did yeah. you get into the industry in the first place? Um, mate, I, I, 1995, um, 
I was in I was um, in Brisbane, so a different state from 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 where I grew up. So I grew up in Sydney, and then I was playing footy rugby league in Brisbane, and and I was kind of bored up there. Not 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 terribly bored, but I was playing for a different team, and kind of you know I was I was on my own, you know, was a thousand kilometers away from from whatever, and I was working in a um, <clears throat> I was working in a paint factory actually, doing some labouring. And so I had a bit of time on my hands because, you know, I'd only have to drive the kind of hour to Brisbane a couple of days a week anyway. So I did a course and I thought, okay, I, I could pick up some kind of, you know, work in a the gym. There, weren't, there wasn't really PT at the time, you know, maybe do some gym instructing, whatever. Um, so I'd been in a gym playing playing sport anyway. So, um, yeah, I did a um, – uh, it was called the Gold Coast Personal Trainers Fitness Leader Course. Um and that was like, a, it would have been the three month, I guess, the equivalent of the, the premier kind of thing. You know, we, there was an anatomy part, there was, you know, physiology parts, it was putting it all together, training people, resistance module, aerobic module. So it's the, the standard kind of kind of thing. Um, and so that was 95. And I probably when I didn't start working in the industry until I came back to, to Sydney the following year, um, which was 96, 97. And then, then I ended up going to uni because I was met. We're going to go to uni after school, but then I wanted to. I wanted to play sport. You know, I wanted to be a professional sports person, but that didn't work out. I wasn't good enough. Um, so um, went went back to, then went to uni and did exercise science. At the time, I was working in gyms, which is which is was really useful because it was kind of you know you're putting what you're learning into into practice. Um, so it's two thousand, I two thousand one, I came over here. So I just had my twenty year anniversary of being in London. Um, and and then I kept kept working here. You know, I was working for um, uh, an agency called Sportsweb. They'd send you around to different places, so you're working at different gyms all all over kind of London. Um, and then started developing, you know, my, a bit of a client base doing PT. Um, had a PT studio from 2007 to or end of 2006 to end of 2011. So it was five years, and then. Um, been doing different bits and pieces. I obviously ran the education company. Um, so and and now I'm looking at um, in the in the final process of about to open up a gym. It's obviously just a lot of stuff been on hold. Luckily, like we've dodged a few bullets, man, because we could have opened this time last year. Um, so you know, so I've got to you know um, count my lucky stars because we should have been opening last year and, and for whatever reason the the um planning permission got got rejected at the time and I remember reading your your saying that's a bespoke like training facility it was like a sort of what can you delve in it a bit more for me yeah man uh, like effectively what what we're wanting to do is is take the um uh i guess i guess kind of you know industrial type of type of gym and just and effectively put put have decent changing rooms and and you know because it's different for different um it'd be different models for for different parts of, of the country and the world but but yeah but but in london um people pay a lot of money um to train because real estate costs a lot of money so that you know so everything gets everything everything gets bumped up so we we're trying to work out a model that you know as opposed to just being in a kind of industrial unit that where you know there, there may or may not be there might be a couple of electrical showers that don't work very well. We're trying to you know get some investment and 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 run run a model. And also there's some unique things, not terribly unique, but kind of unique to the London um, gym scene. Be, again, because of space that I want to try and implement. And and so as well as um uh, as well as having your, your standard kind of strength conditioning um, type of class, we want to we want to add. Some mobility, different 
mindfulness types of practices, uh, looking looking at some meditation, breathwork types of classes as well. Um, obviously, having nutrition consultations, but but also look at. I want to do away with the PT model um, to an extent. Um, there's a few reasons behind it. I, I don't think it's, um, and I'm still PT clients that have been PT for a long time. So the, yeah, the, it's, it's definitely you know of value to to certain people, but I think. Um, I want to have a, um, a effectively it's an open gym or small group PT model where effectively let's say you're coming in, um, you have a program almost like gyms how I remember them kind of you know thirty years twenty five thirty years ago. You have a program, you come in, you book in, you know, it'll be generally times when we don't have our our um, kind of premier classes like so it won't be peak hour before nine, it won't be at lunchtime for two hours and then it won't be after six, but the rest of the time effectively people still it's by appointment people will book in and it'll run almost like a like an osteo or like a physio you'll have your own work to do a a program given to you by a coach but there might be 10 other people there at the same time all with their programs and they're coming in doing their their work and and you know you're being looked after by a coach without someone having to hold your hand the whole time. That person may hold your hand for the first session because it might be, you know, you might be coming back from rehab, so we might take you through some stuff specifically. But then after, you know, you might only need that every every other session or for bits of sessions. So, yeah. You're, uh, you're describing my exact model for when I first opened Primal. It's exactly nice. what I done. I just, I, I, I just decided to open it and, like, you're open from 6 o'clock to 11 o'clock. You yep. come in, you talk to me what you wanted. I designed a program up for you. And I just let you work away. And then I just mingled and talked to everyone. And you're right. I think that's actually, I think PT is dead. In my opinion, I don't say, I don't know why people spend money on personal training. I think most people, the, the very worst might need maybe four or five sessions. And then you've got a program and you don't need someone to hold your hand. You know, right. you need someone maybe to supervise you, give you that wee bit of encouragement, but you don't need someone standing over you. And in fact, right. I think it actually builds a bit more resilience in you. Well, look, look, ideally, you know, we want to be educating people as well. And the idea is, is, you know, giving them that little bit of, or just, just, just that confidence to be able to, be able to train on their own. Cause a lot of people do do it. Maybe, maybe looked at PT because they're for whatever reason, they, they don't feel that they're able to do what they need to do on their own. But this is, this is kind of somewhere, somewhere in the middle, you know, they, they might not be ready for, you know, whether it be our weightlifting classes or our gymnastic classes or our CrossFit classes, or whatever, whatever we might be, whatever our model might be for the, for those group training sessions. But they might need something a little bit more specialized, a little bit more specific. So it's okay, cool. Um, you can get that in those sessions, or you can book into the small group stuff, you know, and and you can have someone someone help you. And they might be still, you know, oh, look, we're not open yet, so so I'm still kind of flirting with them. That, but that's effectively broadly how we I want think, that model to run. I think for cost effectiveness on both parties, you know, you're able to get five or six people, maybe ten people in their group. And they're going to pay a monthly fee, whatever. Those people are going to be getting PT level coaching from obviously you're, you know your stuff, so you're you're a high level coach, which means you can you just need to. I call it nuggets of gold. I still love Dan John. You know, you just yeah. need to say to someone, listen, John, over there, keep your back straight or drop your knees down. That's that's all they need us. And, and like you also also it's not nice if they if they, if they know the guy. You can be how you going? How's how's yeah. the wife? How's the kids? Whatever you know. And, and but then they get to know. Uh, each other as well so they're not just relying on the community on the model but they're you know exactly they they've now got a community of, of other members you know um listen so my wife and myself were trying to do that 
10 years ago with our PT studio and we, we'd, um, we activated the break, break clause of the existing space um, and then found a new space, but the new space ended up kind of, you know, pulling the pin on us at, at the kind of, you know, 11th hour kind of thing. So we were stuck. We couldn't, we couldn't, you know, so we ended up working for PT, self-employed in a commercial gym for the last, you know, since since 2011 but if but that was the model i was wanting to implement then because i i remember seeing the studio and we had a studio that was quite narrow so it was perfect for for pt because you know effectively people were working in pods i yeah. looked down the studio and we put a lot of time and effort into which was fine but a lot of time and effort for, from us went into helping our coaches helping helping our pts um writing programs you know answering their questions how they could better train people i'd look down the studio and i'd i'd be like I can train these these six people plus my bloke seven people, probably better, you know, just from experience and just from having having doing it, than than what what's happening right now. Because I'm going to have to help these guys anyway, and I, I can't really do it now. I don't want to I don't want to be a be a prick and, and and go and say, hey, no, don't do that. You should be doing this, you know. And sometimes sometimes you, you you'd have to. Some things were like you know. Hey, not- I've become very adapt. To having to do that because you know you go through coaches now i've been lucky i've only I've actually just lost two coaches and bring, bring gonna bring another one in soon but the coaches i had were a long time but you had to but you, there's a way of doing it you know you can walk down yeah. you can chat with the client as well what's happening now is like oh here yeah. listen i've got a wee thing i i've taught i uh i seen someone one of my clients do this or bring it in you know it's like so i'm not standing on the coach's toes yep but it's you're right it's, it's i've learned that you experience it just it just can't be bought, you know. You have to earn experience, and it's the it's that it's that earning that teaches you the wee nugget of gold that you need to be able to show people things that e- most everything people. everything like I, I, I've you know spoken to different trainers and different coaches. You know, everyone's like, you know, you know, can we have a chat at some stage or you know catch up or whatever? You know, find out about you know they've only been in the industry for six months or a year, and it's fine. I can I can have a chat to you, but you know, um, train some more people. And and um and train yourself, and you're going to learn a lot that way, and read and do all of that too. But 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 you know, even with the reading and stuff, don't do too much of it. You'll confuse the fuck out of yourself, and and and, and you know, it's it's that kind of um. Oh, yeah. Just, how many coaches do you know? But um, buy into the like I used to be this. You do another course, or you buy another book, or whatever, and it's always like you know you're buying something because you're almost fooling yourself into thinking you're doing something, but the reality is you're not. You're not putting in. To practice what you've read, no, absolutely. Here's something. Here's something, and this is this is a thought that I've had. Now, obviously, it, it, you know, again, almost been doing this stuff for you know for, for 25 years plus plus playing different sport and having access to lots of you know decent coaches, being coached by people from from when I was a little kid, you know. Um, but and this is slightly controversial, I think. But but you've Good, every, every, everybody has has all the information they need to be a coach and, and people will rubbish this because you know because they you know the courses that aren't held in great esteem. But effectively all the information that you need to know can be found in the texts or textbooks that are that are referenced in that initial PT course that anyone does. That little even if it's now down to four weeks and it's online or whatever, you know, the ankle dorsiflex. You know, it, 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 you know, plantar flexes, um, you know, it's, it's it, 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 it inverts, it everts, you know, the knee flexes, it extends the hips, you know, circumduct, flex, extend, abduct, adduct, right? So, so, you know, all, all, all the further learning that we do, 
is just is just that kind of um, expressed, taught, delivered, thought about in different ways. Now, now obviously there's there's a bigger scope than that, but but you know I keep coming back to you know even when I'm talking to clients or talking about coaches, you know a lot of time you do do know it. Like what the, the thing that you might struggle with is is deeper understanding of that, yeah. you know, and and so different education that you have along the way is learning that at a deeper level, but effectively. You know, that's what we're doing. You know, the, the thoracic rotates, it, whatever, right? You know, these are your planes of movement. All of that stuff is in those first courses. You know, basic kind of aerobic training, cardiovascular training is in those courses. You know, this is what happens at, you know, 75% of, you know, your heart rate approximately. That's that's when you're in your aerobic zone. Moving beyond that, you're in lactic. So that doesn't change. If people, you know, learnt that and, and retained that and put that stuff into practice, how you, how you implement it, you know, is varied and there's a lot going on there but 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 you know you, you pretty much you, you learn a lot in those courses but to, to actually learn that to really really learn that to go and do that um i remember doing this is back when i was at uni and i remember reading um it's still going t nation or testosterone net or whatever whatever yeah. it's called now that was that was the you know i we used to get on that you know go to the when we were working on a friday night at uni me, me and you know we'd be working in the gym and we'd be reading T Nation articles, right? Because Friday night in a university town, no one was at uni, no one was there. So we'd be doing that until the until we went to the pub afterwards. Um, and I remember that the original authors, they may not have been the original authors, but the authors at that time, which I think it started in about ninety eight, so it was probably, you know, pretty close. It was a guy, an Australian strength coach called Ian King, Charles Pollockin, and Paul Check. They were kind of the original, original three yeah. dudes. And um, you know, now they're pretty much, you know Pollockin's dad now, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the way the way the way the way people write programs like you know exercise one a exercise one b sets reps load etc that came from them like if you have any old old books I've got some of them still here like um super squats or brawn or any of those kind of books from you know thirty years ago things weren't written out like that you didn't have them written kind of like in that tabled way so that that was T Nation and those guys but those guys were brilliant so I'd be reading all of their stuff but I remember getting Ian King's books and Ian King's books were um they ended up becoming his courses. Um, get buffed, get more buffed. <laughs> and I think the third one is is get buffed or I don't know, get, get buffed or like just whatever. And you read them and I kind of dismissed them at the time because it was it was stuff that was just like, you know, come on, this is just 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 bodybuilding or whatever it is. And they he'd have these little a lot of these exercises were explained in them, or there'd be pictures of them and they'd be kind of effectively yoga or Pilates movements for all of these kind of um you know, warm up drills and and different things, but that stuff, like you know, that stuff is gold. Like that, that, that those those get brawn books, or oh, sorry, get buffed books are 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 brilliant sources, and 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 they've just been, you know, there's nothing new, and 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 these guys were doing stuff like from from the '80s, so they were kind of you know, the the, the forefathers of what we're doing now. The fitness world's gone through circle again. Oh yeah, well, you know that now. Like I see, I see it all the time. I was talking to someone about it. You know, was doing something with um. Uh, with, with with the theraguns or whatever, and they they've come around a few times or so of kind of you know foam rollers or yeah everything is is cyclical. They, yeah, moving to, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Nothing, nothing's new. I remember um I remember um Steve Maxwell um awesome we, we, when we had the place in Lewisham, he came out and ran a couple of seminars there. You know, and and he kind of you know he's the first non-Brazilian to have a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, yeah. you know, um, and, and under the Gracies. And, 
you know, he, he was wicked and, you know, he, he, um, he said nothing, nothing's new. He goes, he goes, you're, you're telling me that a, that a Roman gladiator didn't know how to, how to, how to kill you in more ways now than, than, than some Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy knows now. He's like, no, like, you know, we, the body's the body. We've been doing this stuff for, 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 for a long, long time. You know, and and exercise and and breath work and stuff, but yeah, you know, we we tend to forget, yeah, you because know, we're not we, we don't move all the time. We used to move all the time. We don't move all the time, so we we have to kind of do this this exercise thing as opposed to just doing stuff, you know. But yeah, so you're you're in the CrossFit, are you? Yeah, man, I've been. Um, I'm currently not affiliated at the moment because we don't have we don't have a business, and I also. I also uh, last year with with kind of the the world falling apart. I also de-affiliated um, when we still had CrossFit City Road, but that, that we've kind of wound that up now anyway because effectively we don't have a gym and the new business will be a new business. But I um I did my level one um, two thousand and ten, and I'm scheduled to do my level two, but I've but I've it's been postponed for the last year because of because of the um, pandemic. But I, yeah, I did it in two thousand and ten. This will be, yeah, well, be a good chat then because I am so anti-crossfit. It's ridiculous. Oh, right. I, I hate the sport. I think it's I think it's just if you want to be tough, do MMA. Don't try oh, to so, so so that's the, that's the thing. And that's where I think the some of the misconceptions um, you know, it is the sport, but but effectively it's it's to me it's 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 three pronged. Um, you know, you can almost look at it as being a being a trident, if you will, because there's three parts, um, or a trinity, if you're religious. Community I don't know. is the only thing I think CrossFit do exceptionally well. Community yeah. is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. But and, and they, they do things like paleo, you know, like they get they get they get the members bought into like a certain lifestyle. So and I'm not doubting, I'm not complaining. It doesn't it does work. My issue with CrossFit is 90% of people doing the Olympic lift shouldn't be doing Olympic lifts. You know, and I don't think for the aging adult, for the guys getting older, coming in, I don't think the mentality of CrossFit is very conclusive for someone who's trying to lose weight. And the community can be very good, but I see too many. Like, like this is a generalization because the reality is, like, for someone like you, if I walk into CrossFit gym and you're coaching it, I pretty much know it's not going to be retarded. It's not going to be stupid. It's going to be, there's going to be, like, it's going to be well-programmed. There's going to be understanding. Listen, you're at this point. You need to do this point. You need to get to this point. But there's, it's like, what is it, a weekend course to be your level fit cross one you can open a box? Yes, yes. And and, and that's from CrossFit. But, he, and, and yes, so there are, like anything, mate, we, there's pros and cons. Um, You know, there, there's, there's mate, all over the, all over the country, there, there, there's, Box owners, you know, a lot of people, you know, in our vintage who, who, um, you know, sip the Kool Aid is the expression that CrossFit uses, or, or turn to the dark side, you know, depending on, on on however you view it, but or how you'd sum it up. But there's a lot of people who are, you know, um, running, you know, running running affiliates boxes all over the place and, and doing a really really good job um, because because the, the, effectively the model. You know, it showed people that something different can be done. You did it on your own. I had a PT studio on my own, so people did it anyway. Um, you know, if if people ever went to my PT studio, like we had, we had barbells, we had squat racks, we had kettlebells. You know, there, there was space. So that's what people moved. You know, there, there, there was no machines there. We had a um, we had a spinning spinning bike and uh, and and a rowing machine. They were the only kind of so they're both mechanical. They weren't electrical at all. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some Indian clubs. You know, we, we had we had some gymnastic rings um, that you know 
we didn't know how to do muscle ups or anything kind. They were for you know ring rows and push ups and 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 whatever else on and, and dips. Um, you know, so you know, what well, our equipment was fairly basic. So, you know, um, I, I kind of we used to have people rock up on our EKA courses with EKI courses with CrossFit all the time written on them, and um, I had a dude, the dude from CrossFit London, Andrew Stemler, copy me, uh, co- contact me a few times um, to ask, you know. Can, we should do some kettlebell stuff together maybe or, you know, because we're running these outdoor kettlebell courses. It never ended up happening. We never never got to do it. But um, so this, this CrossFit thing was floating around in my head I, and I met a heap of people, heap of cool people who were on, um, who came to our courses. And um, I was talking to someone about this the other day and on, on one weekend I had three dudes. Um, it was, and it must have been 2010 because it was about January because I ended up doing that course with, with, with my wife um, was then girlfriend, but we did the course. We booked on for the earliest course. I think you got a discount if you did it a little bit later. So we did it in June or July of, of 2010. And but in January, when I was running, actually it was a, a parkour training day, and and one of the dudes from parkour, parkour generations used to be at the facility that we had at, at the time in 2010. And and you so the parkour boys down days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a guy called Chris um, Chris Rowett Rowett. Blaine, he, he's kind of, you know, um, parkour name was. Um, and, yeah, and, and yeah, we, we've been in contact with those guys and they had a bunch of scaffolding set up in our facility, so they used to run these parkour sessions. Anyway, they were running a muscle-up class, so we, we had a day where we had a bit of bit of stuff, almost like dem- demonstration day where people would come and do parkour, they'd maybe do some weightlifting, they'd maybe do some kettlebell stuff, etc. cetera. Um, and I remember two of the people that came on on the course, or, or with, no, sorry, came to that day, um, like mini expo thing, David Dennis, um, CrossFit Cardiff, you know, um, ex-military dude. I think he's a paramedic ambulance driver, etc. Really cool dude. Been on been on my courses, and you know, he, he's all CrossFitted up, CrossFit t-shirt and stuff. So I started chatting to him, and he's like, "Man, look, you know, you'll love it. I don't understand what what you what you kind of you know apprehension is, or, or why you're not wanting to do it. Because um, at the time, you know, coming from an exercise science background, and you know, I was, I'd had my you know, S&C certifications as well. So I was kind of like, you know, I'd heard bad things. I had the same kind of misconceptions or, or, or thoughts that you have about, you know, weight, your thing's not good for everyone, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, and then he was one guy who was like, no, 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 But he was like, you know, right into it. So he's like, you, you'll love it. And I was like, cool guy. So I was like, okay, cool. That's one person. There's another dude, Jeff Stewart, who runs CrossFit Hackney um, Momentum. He is a... Um, he was a he was a Charles Pollockin kind of dude, he, you know. So it was all very and Pollockin hated CrossFit at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't don't know what his thoughts were after that, but so it was really odd, you know, seeing this guy and he goes, "Mate, I, mate, I love it," you know. Like like I, you know, obviously use all the kind of scientific kind of you know structured periodized training that that you know, and and, and methodology of uh, of Pollockin, like learning about strength training and and muscle adaptations, etc. But, but I absolutely love CrossFit, so I, I, I integrate both of it. He's now gone on to, you know, obviously runs CrossFit Hackney, successful box in London. And the third guy was a guy called um, Mate Hosseva. Um, probably definitely not the right pronunciation, but um, from, <laughs> from Slovenia. And he's a dude from Ljubljana. He's a guy that I met when I ended up doing um, some kettlebell uh, camps in Ljubljana with a guy called Gregor Sobachan. And Mate was his was his business partner, and anyway, um, and he was similar. He was like, "Nah, man!" Like you know, he he started a, a gym out in Ljubljana, and they were they were I think they affiliated or were looking to affiliate. And he said, "Yep, love it." So anyway, I ended up you know um, 
chatting to these guys pretty much over the course of a weekend or two weekends and thought, fine, I'm going to go learn, learn more about it and went and did their course, um, their level one. And loved it, and and the philosophy, the philosophy to fair, to be fair, wasn't far removed from what what I thought either. Um, you know that, that they looked at kind of, you know, big movements. You go on that course, and, and and it's all it is all about you know even though it's only a two day introduction, but it's all about learning technique, learning technique properly, practicing, having having systems in place um, to learn these techniques properly. Um, and their philosophy, I think, I think is pretty sound. And, they, and and you mentioned community, which is one of one of the, their big things. Um, if I go back to what I was saying before about it being being three parts of it, the part that the part that kind of I think um, doesn't let it, let it down because it's it's integral to their success. But there's effectively for, this is this is from what I see of it. There's three parts. They have the um, their methodology and philosophy, right, of, of people effectively you know, training well, combining elements of, of strength training, cardiovascular training, and putting it putting it together, um, you know, having it separate but also putting it together as well. Um, so their methodology, philosophy of, of training and, and nutrition, right, is, is, is wicked. Then their idea of, of community, that whole thing of community, not just within the box, but there's also a greater CrossFit community and there's, and, and there's the education that comes in probably probably both those two parts right and then the third part is the sport and and that's that's different but like like MMA needs the UFC like like football grassroots football needs the Premier League yeah you I know guess. like 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 it's a Premier League that makes kids watching Harry Kane is is why why kids will play football you know but 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 the <laughs> FA, the Premier League needs kids playing football to generate for them to get there, you know, they're hearing you 100%. And actually, see, to be honest, see, see, when I see the professional athletes, the professional crossfitters, I watch the crossfit games, I think it's phenomenal. I love watching guys push themselves to that limit. My issue is, like, someone like me, crossfit, it would be the worst thing on the planet <laughs> because I am the most egotistically competition driven person you'll meet. I do not want, like, I need to let my girlfriend break my, break my arm. And a grapple because I refused to tap. I was like, I made the decision. I'm going to let her break my arm before I tap her to this. You know, I would not tap because there was no way my ego would let me tap for my girlfriend. There's not a hope in hell. And, so, and there, there, therein, therein lies the problem because obviously yes. that is an issue, right? There, look, look. I, 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 early days, I dislocated my elbow. Like I, I, you know, playing rugby league, I've got this AC joint doesn't sit properly. Like it was grade three separation. Possibly should have had it operated on. You know, I'm doing kind of heavy overhead squats in the middle of a competition kind of this is back in 2011 the shoulders shifted this elbow posterior dislocation so my arm's kind of hanging out at the side so that's it's almost 10 year anniversary to that um you know um and i've pretty much only got myself to blame you know um knowing what i know you know i hadn't been doing a lot of the kind of bodybuilding remedial rehab kind of stuff that I should be doing lots of rows lots of different pulls lots of assistant work that that I know I need for, for my scapula because you know because my shoulders are a mess so I need all that kind of stuff to be able to do the other stuff the cool stuff you know the yeah. the, the weightlifting etc and 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 you know the weightlifting stuff isn't isn't necessary for everyone um and and that's the thing Ego get ego is the problem, you know. So it's, how do you, how do you how do you solve it? Because to be honest, like I love being controversial, so I love winding crossfitters up, and I just call it yeah. cross shit. I done a video went viral about the crossfit self defense thing. I ripped it apart because it was the most pathetic idea I've ever heard in my life. But 
the philosophy behind I'm quite I'm quite willing to accept that the philosophy behind CrossFit is sound. You know, let's bring gymnastics, let's bring Olympic lifting, let's bring cowbell movements and cardio and nutrition community. Just basically what every gym would want to be and you what you want a gym to use. Yep, but exactly. How do you how do you control the ego if you're getting guy if the if the culture is like take your tops off one more rep push the failure don't quit the wads you've got to just suffer what's that rule thirteen is it or something like that? Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so it's like on one element you've got a really really sound philosophy and it's the potential to be the best type of training modality for the public there is, but on the other hand you've you've combined it with ego. And fucking fueled it with testosterone. What are you doing there? Because ego and testosterone is a problem for all of us, isn't it? You know, um, yeah. and 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 for for everything that 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 happens, um, how do you how do you combat that? Combat that, and that comes down to the. Well, what are you going to do when you open your cross? If you cross, what are you going to do? How are you going to combat that to make sure your clients don't get injured, but also get progression? And if they want to compete, they've got the ability to do so. Yeah, so so one of the things in in you know a lot of a lot of the, the CrossFit CrossFit manuals, so a lot of the a lot of the words, there's lots of words, right? One of the things is that it's infinitely scalable. So so you know, and, and that's the coaches getting to know their their members and, and knowing what they can and can't do because sometimes you know ego gets in the way, and and, and particularly particularly guys will be like, oh yeah, yeah, I can I can do that. Um, and and I do think I think one of the things, particularly as guys get older, um, you know, the the, the swinging your dick in the door kind of thing doesn't doesn't bother you so much. But but I you know I've had guys learn how to how to weightlift in their forties and fifties. I've learned I've taught guys to do muscle ups in in their forties and fifties, and and that's kind of cool. You know, um, they're things that acquire skill acquisition. I, I think is hugely important. Um, and and you know weightlifting. Um, for example, learning how to snatch. I, I think you know, within reason, everybody's got the ability to learn how to snatch, or at least, or at least do a power snatch. Restrictions are things like mobility, but but therein itself is is you got the, you got this exercise to snatch, and to me, it's almost like golf. Or um, you know, I've got I've got mates who play golf. Golf bores me shitless. Um, but I've got mates who play golf, and I try to so I have this conversation with them. They're like, "Why why are you still throwing stuff over your head? I ain't getting a bit old for that. You know, you're almost forty five. You shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff." And I'll be like. Well, you know, chasing a little white ball with a stick, you know, um, what are you doing? Like, you know, um, so, but, 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 but the same, the, the thing's the same. It's, it's how can you get better? And that may, may not even at this stage, it may, my, I think my days of PBing, like, you know, get, getting back to some numbers would be, is, is a goal, but actually PBing now, you know, each, each five year age gap that I go up to, I set, I'll set new PBs. So, yeah, May when I'm 45, that's wicked because that's for the next five years, you know, try and hit some numbers and then try and hold them, whatever it is, right? So, you know, um, I'm not going to be doing what I did when I was 30 or, or, or 35, but um, but I can get pretty near it, you know. And, and How did you combat like, that? Because this is something I talk to guys with about because I'm at that point. How do you accept that the BJ rule at 45 is not the BJ rule at 35 or not the BJ rule at 25? How do you stop yourself from pushing on the danger levels just to try to prove yourself that you're still 25 year old BJ mate I, I think I think I'm at I think I'm at peace with it now just maybe because um because I guess when we first started 
CrossFit City Road, which started, you know, when I, when I, when I affiliated first, which was to the end of 2014, started 2015, end of 2014, so yeah, October, November. Um, I was training with a couple of dudes who were, you know, one guy especially was, you know, he's, he's my business partner now, Tom, um, was pretty good at stuff. And there was the same with another couple of people in at, at the gym box that I was working at. They were, they were pretty good at stuff too. And, um, and, and one of them was about six or seven years younger than me and Tom's about 10 or 11 years younger than me. So that, yeah, I was 36, 37 or something. And these guys are like in their, in their twenties, man. And, um, and you know, and I'd only been, yeah, we, we used to do power cleans at footy, but they were probably the ugliest things you've ever seen. Like I remember doing them you know, under coaching when you're kind of 17, 18, and we do a lot of them, right? But, you know, they were probably terrible. Um, likewise, with, with even the squats we were doing, and that, and that was, you know, you know, we didn't use the word in Australia. It's kind of like um, but, but the equivalent of academy, right? So I was playing Colts. I was playing, you know, SG Ball. I was playing Harold Matthews. So we'd have like a certain level of coaching in, in, in rugby league. So we were doing squats and stuff. But, you know, you learn how to squat better. This is another kind of, you know, um, credit to CrossFit. You learn how to squat better in a, in a, in a weekend course um, at CrossFit than what I was taught by effectively, you know, premiership coaches back in back in kind of, you know, uh, the early 1990s. Um, but anyway, um, these guys were pretty good at stuff and, and, and I was kind of, you know, doing things. And, and you know, I'd, I'd be improving to an extent um but you know also had at the same time had 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 my now 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 six-year-old and um mate i'd I'd be pushing things you know and squatting multiple times a week doing all the kind of cardiovascular stuff learning all the skills you know with kind of all my plethora of old old injuries but i was looking after myself in terms of physically like in terms of you know doing the adequate amount of you know rows and stuff to kind of counterbalance all the other stuff i was doing and making sure that was reasonably balanced but mate i'd get sick i'd get sick kind of about twice a year and effectively it was just you know lack of sleep or or, or not recovering enough you know and, and and that to me that was probably the big difference and that's something that um that i'm probably only got got a, a handle on now you know to that, be honest. Do you think that's because you realize now that we're not going to be here forever <laughs> and at the time you're you're like i i i experience pain on a regular daily basis and my goal is always to get out of bed. They try to bring my pain level to about a five. If I can get the a five, it's a good day. You know, and, as opposed to like, I want to lift 200 kilo. I've given up deadlifts. It's, it's taken me It's taken me the last like year to accept that deadlifting is not going to be for me ever again with my hips. But that took a long time to accept. And a yeah. lot of injuries, a lot of replay of injuries. Do you think there comes a point in your age where you just go, fuck it? It's not worth it anymore. Well, yeah, and I think there might be, but but also no. Like I don't know. I, I've I've done this, and and I guess um, I guess in to some extent, there's kind of different. Um, I, I I have this debate in my head all the time, right? So so I know exactly what you're talking about, and but 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 I think I'll always yeah always train, always whatever. But uh, but now particularly, I guess maybe hitting a a different kind of milestone. As I said, every five years, you kind of you know mark off and it's like yeah. 45 now so it's you know in may so it's like you're actually officially middle age in may is that is that when it is oh yeah 45 is, it, is the official middle age um, um <laughs> anyway and it's absolutely fine but here's something i've actually been 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 you know um training not too badly for the last last year we've got stuff in the in the basement at home like in the you know big underground car park and i've got a heap of stuff there and i've been acquiring more stuff so i've got got, got a pretty decent setup there 
Um, so I am at the moment, um, you know, deadlifting, squatting. And you know what? what? Those numbers were never massive anyway, but I'm, but I'm almost pretty close to them. And I, I reckon my goal is by my 45th birthday is to, is to hit certain numbers and I'm on track for it that, that, that aren't too shabby, you know, like, like they, they, they won't be, they're not going to be best ever, um, but they're not that far off. Um, and I also want to do them with some cardiovascular goals at the same time. And, and that's doing both it's is hard. proving to be the trickiest thing at the moment for me because I, I don't know, I'm trying to work out, do I need to give up a little bit of that to do that? So it's like, you know, bench as, as it's powerlifting effectively. It's like getting those three numbers up. Um, and See, so I'm I, day now. I'm, I've, I've sort of gone off. I don't think guys are age at bench press anymore. I really don't. I think the risk-reward, I think dumbbell bench press and push-ups is all, offers as good, uh, probably more, actually, benefit to the chest. And look, look, absolutely. And, and, and with my, with my, my you know, previous shoulder problems and, and elbows, et cetera, from, from you know, um, a lot of tackling, I probably shouldn't be doing them. But, um, but I've, to, I'm making sure I'm doing the remedial work enough. I'm making sure, like you know, I mentioned Rose before, doing lots of, you know, you know dead hangs, hanging off a bar, you know, like, and to be fair, since, since been doing them probably since about October, um, you know, benching, you know, kind of fairly regularly again. And I feel my shoulders feel really, really good for it. At the moment, it almost feels like the more I give my shoulders, you know, it's all quite controlled. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not snatching. Um, I'm not, I'm not um, jerking at the moment. So that you know, everything I'm doing is, is, you know, Strength training controlled stuff, you know, whether, yeah. whether it's pressing, I've got, you know, dumbbells, kettlebells, I'm, yeah, lots of rowing, lots of ring, yeah, whatever, right? So it's, 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 there's a lot in there. I'm rowing kind of most days a week or in terms of a bent over row, dumbbell row, ring rows, whatever. Like I'm, there's rows in there coming, coming out of my ears, you know, reverse <laughs> flies, you know, with different hand positions, different types of, you know, whatever, like posterior deltoids and stuff are like, you know, they've, they've never been worked so hard and, um, and rhomboids, etc. But, and you know what, my, my shoulders feel, amazing um like really good for it i'd like to say yeah the goal is that i'd be doing two parts you know retraction work or it's, to it's one. one part pressing it's not it's not like but that's kind of i've got that as a loose thing in my head but it never ends up being that but but it's kind of like you know how do you kind of equate that really is that per rep is that per whatever whatever right but i'm doing i'm doing a heap of stuff i do these kind of you know deltoid kind of triceps where the reverse flies and kind of you know face pulls and there's a heap in there and you know what and I kind of smash them with that kind of you know more more high volume stuff every day, um, and and my shoulders feel really really good, you know. And the test will be if I go back to doing some, um, you know, whether, whether it be uh, muscle ups, etc. You know, the ceiling height's not that high, so I can't actually do any muscle ups or can't yeah. have the ring height. So, so I'm I'm restricted by things like that anyway, which I don't think is a bad thing because I'm, you know, everything's getting, you know. Hopefully, Again, hopefully it, you, what you want to do and what you should do are two different things, and it's like that battle and yep. the two wolves. Which one are you going to feed? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I started some BJJ last year too, and and I, but it was you know, a bit gutted because I was yeah the idea with with my kids. I've got a bit of a goal that I'm able to keep up with them, whatever whatever sport they're learning or doing, right? And I I missed about with it almost when I was first in London. Yeah, it was this tiny little hall as part of the Budokwai Club in kind of South Kensington, but it was too far. They only had one class at 8.30 at night, whatever. So I did it for about six months, but that was in 2002. And then didn't really do any again until the end of, um, or missed all of 2020, started at the end of 2019. 
and that was because I wanted to do it with my kid. But 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 even that, like some of the things just landing on your shoulder and stuff, landing on that AC was was tricky. So I'm, I'm, in some ways, again, I'm kind of glad that I've had the last year. BJJ is the sport for old men. I do. I think like it's if you're competitive, you like you're a crossfitter. You know, it's and you've got that competitive edge, or you're a rugby player or something. It's just a good sport. Right. It's, it can back off. That that's it. Top gets you out of a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, it scratches that itch, doesn't it? You know, like yeah. an, uh, So so I really like the idea of it. You know, um. So yeah, but um, but I think in some ways I'm kind of lucky because because I've done a lot of that that belt stuff. So hopefully, hopefully when I when I go back to it, that that's that that's good because I've not I've not. I've not been, you know, it's it's not been yeah. it's not been open, or if it's been open, it was kind of you know re- reduced classes, and it was kind of you know solo, and I couldn't get to those times anyway because it was a, a massively reduced program compared to what what they were running kind of when it, before you know March last year when they locked down. So looking forward to getting back into that, but um, yeah, I think that's I think that's for me for for scratching that itch. I think I think um, funnily enough, deadlifts I've 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 kind of you know I've never really pushed it that far, but I've always kind of been able to hit kind of two twenty to two thirty. You know, I'm hitting kind of two ten at the moment. So yeah, I think I should be able to get that number back. Um, and that's always been fine. The the bench press is the one that that could be the tricky thing. I don't know if I'll get back to kind of numbers, but 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 you know, I've just got you know some some goals in my head, which kind of helps you know scratching that that itch and that competitiveness. I think. So tell me, yes, talking about competitiveness, right? And we'll go to CrossFit because it's kettlebells and CrossFit, the American swing. I know it's done yes. for a marker, like for above the head, but do you not think the American swing is like responsible for more shoulder and back injuries than nearly any other exercise? Like anything, man, it's all, it's all, um, you know, it's all about execution, really. Um, no, I think we ended up, I ended up adapting it to, to the, um, the kettlebell course, like when, when some people were really struggling to get the snatch, because effectively it's not it's not it's the same as that. But you're holding on to the bell. Right, with two closed. Like, look at my arms, right? They don't even straighten out properly without unless like, yeah, I yeah. Shouldn't even see me here. Like, well, I don't for snatch over a two-handed swing, overhead swing, over like that, anytime. Yeah. Well, it's um. Well, no, exactly. And if, if that's something that hurts you, don't 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 do it necessarily. But 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 if you know, effectively, you get the hip coming through. You, you're bending that arm on that that short arc, and then effectively, you're punching it out overhead. If your elbows can't straighten, that's fine. And, and look, even if you look at the top level, you know, then they're not too concerned. You know, as long as you're kind of not there, as long as you're kind of making an extension. You know, it's not, it's not like kettlebell sport that it has to be fixated. You know, locked out, held. You know, like you know, you're pretty much hips punch pull it back down again hips punch so so i don't in terms of the mechanics of it i actually think you know how it's done can actually be a really really useful thing mechanism for or exercise for teaching the the, the one arm you know kettlebell snatch yeah. because it's hips then elbows so i actually um look you'll probably remember for, from the courses again it, it depends on how people are doing things if all of a sudden someone's swinging because we used to tell people not to worry about how high hit their hips or how high the bell got at first because you know people try and get the bell up and they're kind of yeah. you know swinging off their back and their shoulders you know if someone's telling you oh, it hurts my back and it hurts my shoulders well it's not it's not a hyperextension in a shoulder raise it's meant to be extend your hips and then effectively the bell should be flying up just like in the kettlebell snatch and then then all you're doing from there is punching it through like it's so there's not it shouldn't be you know, so is it purely CrossFit a marker? Is that the reason the American swings in CrossFit as yeah, a marker? Yeah. As a marker? Yeah. yeah. Look, look. If 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 they've got 
and that, to me, that's not a bad thing either. But it's never—I don't think it's ever come up. Maybe it's come up at the games. I'm not too sure. I don't—I don't, I don't, I don't follow the, the games that closely or the, or the sport that closely. Um, but their biggest thing is is trying to make sure things are measurable. So how can you compare two people doing doing an event if if they're not hitting certain markers, right? So you know, if yeah. someone's just swinging the belt to here, you know, not not extending their elbows, or it's not getting over, yeah, you know, what's what's called, you know, what they call their midline. How is that a rep compared to the next guy who who's who is you know um so that's why that's why you know there's things like chest bar pull ups that's why you know you have to get your chin over a bar because a lot of these things are now they're competitive as opposed to just being some exercises that you're using for training you're actually putting you know they have to be measurable. Tell me yes, if you were to if you were to give I ask this question to a lot of the trainers I like but um if you were given a blank canvas. And told, listen, we want you to reinvent the fitness industry. We want you to remove what's shit, put in what's good. What would be like the? What would be the? What would be your model for it? What would your be? What would be like? Yeah, I've got carte blanche here. I can do whatever I want. What would? What type of model would you think would be the best way for humans to train? Oh, that's a good question. Um... Getting back to the philosophy, you know, if you look at, um, if I was a smarter man, I'd be able to be able to quote this. But if you look at um, the CrossFit's definition of, of fitness, so fitness in a hundred words, um, you know, eat whatever it is, you know, meat, vegetables, you know, yeah. whatever. So it starts starts off in that, and, and it finishes. There's a lot. There's yeah, you know, 80 words in the middle, and then it finishes with regularly learn and play new sports um and a lot of that in the middle is varying intensities doing different movements you know whatever i think i think that's 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 the way to do it um if you were to take it right back i'd say that you know exercise is artificial and that's that's my my whole career my whole life is about exercise but exercise itself is artificial we as humans we move um so trying to get as much normal movement back in, back into life, but because because we don't we don't, that's why we have exercise. That's now why we need exercise. So originally people didn't, you know, whatever they they kind of ran around because they had to get to places, you know, or run away from things, or or run to catch things, or, or they they they'd fight, they'd move, they'd climb, they'd build, they'd carry, they'd do whatever, right? So they they'd work, they'd hunt, they'd that that was their lives. That, that's that's yeah, what well. we did. So, so yeah, yeah, we just we, we moved. We had to be, do what we did to, to to move, to live, to survive, right? Um, you know, and then and then you progress that on. People started to train to 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 practice fighting. You know, um, and then and then that that evolved, and and now exercise is fairly new, unless it was to practice fighting or to get to get better at stuff. You know, and effectively a lot of the a lot of the original training was based around wrestling. If you look at the kind of you know whether it be you know. Um, sports back to kind of you know greco you know time you know, ancient greece and their their olympics and um, progressing into then the you know i guess victorian renaissance of, of kind of strong men you know eugene sandow and the saxon brothers all that kind of stuff um and then a lot of those guys were were wrestlers or then then they then they started to be just some physique and strongman guys as well but a lot of the stuff came from wrestling whether it be you know turkish get-ups etc whatever they were they had they had roots in in kind of wrestling um and then it's only been really you know 
recently that we've we've exercised that the general public has exercised for reasons other than sport you know exercise for exercise itself and it's because we do absolutely fuck all we're sat down all the time so you need to you know like um you know people should be walking to work people should be running to work people should be cycling to work people should be having more movement a guy that i actually on on my podcast spoke to last week daryl edwards he's got primal play um and does a lot of kind of animal movements etc and he's got primal play officials his thing and it's all based on and he's done a lot of science a lot of research on you know the effectiveness of play and the importance of play of you know and and i think that's that that's really really important yeah yeah fitness explorer is his um is his kind of tag and then um but you know that, that idea of playing is is really important so you know like mate i'm i'm about to be a gym owner again and this is what i do is prescribe exercise so it's the, the, there's things that we need to be need to be doing definitely but if i was to re reinvent the model it'd be just getting people to do more man and, and that'd be doing stuff every day like you know people need to do a hell of a lot more and, and it's getting worse you know like you know the recommendations of three three moderate to intense sessions a week or whatever of 20 to 30 minutes you know that's not cutting the mustard man because people aren't doing that and fit and fitness is for a lot of people now it appeals to some people but a lot of people see it as being a chore that you know exercise and that has bad connotations man and and so does all this and i and i think and maybe this is getting older man but but all that all that talk about you know hard work you've got it you've got to die you've got to you know all this kind of crap you know, p- puts most people off. Some people like that shit, but but you know, and, and maybe you do it at a certain age and whatever. But for a lot of people, if they think that that's what they have to do, mate, that's going to push them away from exercise. So, um, if I was going to reinvent the model, I'd, I'd be trying to get people to do more, and that, and that would probably come from kids playing sports, playing games. You know, to start it there, and 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 then to somehow carry that on so that they continue to do that. Um, as as they're older, um, I think removing the competitive edge and making training fun. If you look at five year olds, five year olds do not care who wins or loses. Well, ninety percent of them don't. Ninety five percent don't. You might get five percent who just be competitive shits, but that's just their innate nature. But I yep. think if you have kids, they don't care who wins, they don't care who loses, they don't care how long it goes on for. As long as it's having fun, it's like but, yes, and, and look, look, they, they might care. They might care who wins and loses, but but they care more about just doing it and just being in it, you know. Like you know, and and I, and I think that's true even with adults. And and I think what happens is people um people think they have to win all the time, and I think that comes from you know a lot of the crap that gets sold as as you know whether it be sporting companies. Everyone tells you that you can be the best you can be and all this kind of garbage, right? Or, but you can be the best you can be, but that might be you know a far cry from being Usain Bolt winning the 100 metres at the Olympics, you know. So, and and with with CrossFit, you know, particularly, you know, you get a lot of people who think, oh, I'm, I'm good at that, I'm, I'm going to go to the Games. It's like, mate, you're 28. Like, okay, right, you can snatch 100 kilos, but you're not going to go to the Games, man. Like, <laughs> like, you know, um, you might be, but you might be an absolute outlier. But, but to get there now, like there's people who have been doing gymnastics or weightlifting or in some kind of college sport or in some kind of semi-professional sport for their whole and now you've got, like they're very specialist in certain areas and then they just cross it over well you know it from mma mate everyone everyone's gone oh you know i've had a couple of bar fights you know i'm you know i'm gonna i'm gonna the ufc looks i reckon i can do it and it's like oh, come on man i don't understand what it is. <laughs> mate, i don't understand what it is about those two sports you know or or or, or whatever they are because both both um 
I guess because they do have a competitive element that people can compete at any level. But but CrossFit and MMA, you get people who join them as as, as you know thirty year olds, and they're like, "Yeah, man, I want I want to compete." Now, compete's fine. Like you, you can go to friendly friendly comps, but mate, I don't. I'm not going to pick up a football and think that that the next World Cup looks good for me. You know, like. You know, what's the pathway to back in the Australian team? I don't get it. I don't get it. You're 32 years old. Chances are you're going to be married. You're going to, or you're going to be close to it. You're going to have kids. You're going to be close to it. You are not going to be able to dedicate the time required and learn the skills required and hold a job and pay the bills and recover and fight someone at 25 full of testosterone and win on a regular basis. And, and maybe, and, and that's with all those maybes, but then in, in most cases, even if you didn't yeah. have all of those things, even if you were 17, even if you're looking at this, a very, very small percentage of people is, are going to make it anyway. So, you know. Um, in a world full of stress, I don't know why people are so keen to put more stress on their bodies. If anything, I'd be wanting my fitness and my training to, to de-stress me and to make me leave feeling better so I can handle the stress more. And I yep. think people have lost that connection of like, you're actually meant to be training to improve your body, not yep. to try to get likes on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, agreed. Agreed, but 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 you know, the, I guess in some ways it's also picking your um, picking your battles with training as well too, because, because some things some things kind of do hurt, like a cardiovascular training. You know, if you're trying to trying to push that kind of you know, whether it be your lactic threshold or whatever, you know, that, that stuff hurts. You know, um, trying trying to even as a as an older bloke trying to get squeeze a couple of extra reps out, knowing knowing when to when not to. You know, um. Because so, it is important, you do need to you do need to you know, push that little bit in in certain places. Doesn't mean you're kind of flogging yourself all the time. So it's knowing, and I guess that's 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 where you know um, knowing when you should and shouldn't be doing things is is, is probably important. Um, Talking to Andrew Reid, um, another Aussie, and he, he his A philosophy is brilliant. I love his idea of like the age and adult. He's nearly fifty himself now, but it's like everything around about seventy percent one day balls to the wall with a purpose yeah. behind doing the ball to the wall but everything else within your yeah. comfort zone just expand yeah. that yeah but I've, I've been trying to do a bit of running man and, and reading more about running and, and and learning more about it and but again this is basic stuff that you you know i would have had in my you know whatever it was fitness leader back in 1995 knowing about aerobic training and how you get better aerobically you know you're not meant to get get over 70 75 percent of heart rate you know no. His book, Run Strong. If you're into running, Andrew Reid's book, Run Strong, is a fantastic book to read. Run Strong. Okay, cool, man. Andrew Reid. Another good book, if actually, I'm actually listening right now. It's only released out. Is Peak. Have you read, have you heard of that yet? Which is that? Sorry? Peak. P-E-A-K. It's a phenomenal. Let me see. He'll actually oh, is that it? Peak. Okay, cool. Peak, yeah. Peak, Dr. Mark Bubbs. Okay, cool. Yeah, brilliant book. Really, really highly recommended. I'm having difficulty with it, talking about ego because because a couple of my runs, <laughs> my running, I'm meant to be running at um, so maximum heart rate. I ran some four hundreds to find to find to try and get what you know push push. I'm wearing a heart rate monitor and stuff, trying to push that envelope a little bit, and it came out so it's one eighty seven, right? Um, which is which is a bit better than you know two twenty minus your ages. You come in at one 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 seven six, so it's you know it's one eighty seven. So it's it's a bit better, but even still. You know some of these books that, are, that that I'm reading. I've ordered a couple of them. Um, eighty twenty principle. Yeah, and... actually, Andrew Reid mentions that book. He actually says that's one of the best books you can read about. Yeah, dude. So yeah. dude, eighty twenty principle, and oh, I can't remember the other one, but th th that were two of my kind of go-to. I did a bit of research, and I thought, okay, I want to get better at this running malarkey. Um, and and both of them pretty much. You know, you should spend 
effectively 80% of your time at, at about that 70%, 75, maybe 75% tops, you know, to try and stay away from, obviously I'm not taking lactic tests and stuff, but to stay away from that lactic stuff so you can building up your aerobic system, right? Mate, so that's 75% of 187. You're running, the, your heart rate has to stay at 140, right? And some of the runs I'm meant to stay at 130. I'm almost going backwards. Like, come on. Like, well, here, okay, let me tell you something. Um, a friend, a very good friend of mine, Cormac Loosley, he was a neighbor of mine, right? He's a good runner. He loves it. He just, he's not a competitive runner, but he just loves the marathons and all. But I got him the book and I said, read it, implement it. And it took him about three months. And he, he for a him, he stuck to it. But his times went down to shit. But all of a sudden, he started picking up. And he was like, holy shit, I am flying here. And I'm not even out of breath. And the way I say, I sort of always think back to the Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz first fight. Where Conor McGregor in the second round, Nate Diaz was working his cardio in his aerobic zone because he's a triathlon, a triathlete. He was yeah, just yeah. able to keep that pace going, but that pace was pushing McGregor right into his anaerobic threshold, and he died. And yeah. it's like that, you know. You one day you're one day you're walking and your heart rate's 130 or whatever it is. Next you're walking fast, it's 130, and then six weeks later, eight weeks later, you're a slight jog, but you're still 130. Yeah. You know, it's, but but it's hard. It's hard because yeah. it's one thing you can't push. You've actually got to, you know. So I'm, I've, you know, it's gotten better. I, I do, I do a couple times a week. I'm doing 45 minutes at 140 and um heart rate and and yeah, mate. I started. You know that was almost running, and yeah, you know, it's almost it's embarrassing to say, but I was almost running at you know seven thirty to seven forty five minute per kilometer. It's, it's down closer to seven now, you know. But you know the, when I'm when I'm doing like my five k's and stuff, I'm they're at kind of under five minutes per kilometer. So it's like there's this massive gap, and obviously that's that that's what I'm trying to develop is that aerobic aerobic capacity. These runners are overtaking you walking, and you're embarrassed. <laughs> I've spoken to a few. Some of my clients are also doing doing some running, and 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 some of them are pretty good runners, and they're like. So they're talking about, yeah, no, I wish I was wearing a T-shirt that said, this is my aerobic zone training day because you know, <laughs> that's why I'm going so slow. I'm going to make that T-shirt, man. Like, you know. I think you need to. Well, listen, VJ, I think we'll leave it there. I mean, that was a great chat. It's nearly an hour and a half there. That was a fantastic Shit. talk. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the Even trainers get talking about training. That's it. It's over. Dude, dude it's the... It's not talking to people, man. Um, and actually seeing people makes it even, even more so. So good, good chatting to you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I get on. I get definitely get you on again. I enjoyed that chat. That was a brilliant talk, mate. I appreciate. You know what? It. You know what? Let's um, let's reciprocate it. I've I've got one. So um, yeah, I need to work out. It takes me a while to work out time with 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 the fan. But um, let's do it. Let's do it next week, man. My hundred percent. You let me know. And we'll do it. No problem at all, buddy. Wicked. Thank you, buddy. I'll speak to you soon. See you, buddy. See you later. Thank you.